I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Jay Smith. What's up? What's up? Just bringing, just bringing all the optimism you need today. That's what we're here for. So take care of you, sweet your ears a little bit, and you're good more. We're, uh, we're going to try to help you guys through this, because it did feel like, you know, like the Thunder... They win in Toronto. You're like, yes, like they got Memphis on Monday. Like they're going to get back on track, and then they just fell flat on their face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I here's the deal about that Memphis game is that's the first one in this little stretch where it really felt like it was an effort, primarily issue, right? Like where it's like, oh, yeah, okay. They they just didn't want to play that game. More, more than effort to me, it was a respect issue. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like they did. Russell Westbrook has nothing in him respects Tyler Dorsey. And he may have not even have heard of Tyler Dorsey until Monday night. Like that's that's a possibility because he was on the end of the bench for the Hawks until they made that trade at the trade deadline. It's Tyler so, Dorsey was amazing. He was good. He can really score. And he could really score at Oregon. Like I... I don't know. I mean, it's just is a it was a bad game. There's no there's I mean there and it's not just one person to blame here. It the blame, no, there's plenty. The blame goes to everyone really. Like I don't think anybody really played very well. I think maybe Schroeder was the only one that you could point to to say like yeah he played really well. He shot the ball well. I thought that he brought good energy. Uh, but when Russell and Paul don't bring energy and don't respect their opponent, like, good luck. Like, there's just no way you can win. A lot of people want to blame that on Billy. Like, I don't know. Like, Billy is to blame for for a lot of things, I think. But for that, like, I don't, I don't, like, how do you, how do you get a grown man to respect another grown man? Like, yeah, I, don't, and I, I don't know. I think that the motivation part of it is what lies on Billy's feet and, I, and you know he, he said this before is he does feel like these guys are professional athletes and this is their responsibility as much as anything but there's part of it where even he took a, the blame uh, post game you know which is what he's going to do and I get that but but he took the blame post game and said that he didn't get these guys prepared to play and so that just kind of fuels that fire against Billy but man that was like that was the loss where I was like just what what the heck, man? <laughs> no. Like, what are these guys doing? Like, like they're and and here's the thing. It seems as if like the NBA is lining up. The Western Conference is lining up to where if the Thunder wanted to make a move up to the four seed, like it is there for the taking. They just have to show up. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not. There's not like a fortune that goes along with uh, Nurkic's. Um, leg injury because it was such a brutal and devastating injury for him and the Trailblazers. But right. it's one of those things where it's like, man, if the Thunder just just stayed the course, put effort forward, 
they'd be right in the thick of it today. And they moved up to seven last night without even playing because the Spurs lost to the to the Hornets in overtime. You know, so it's not like anybody's making some massive run. Uh, you know, I, I mean, the Clippers are nine and one, so maybe that's the team that's they've won it. But six if you look, in a row. They clinched a yeah, playoff it, spot last night. Yeah, but if, but if you look at the Clippers going forward, like their schedule is about to get pretty difficult. They played at the Bucks on uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. They play the Warriors down the stretch here. Who else do they play? So they play Milwaukee. They play home versus Memphis, which is a win. But they play the Rockets. They play home versus the Lakers at Golden State. And then the last game of the season is versus Utah, which Utah is going to be fighting for a position as well. Yeah. And so, you know, it's one of those things like the, the schedule is, I mean, I know the Thunder, it's like, who knows? Like they have eight games left and they may go four and four. They may go three and five. They may go seven and one. They may go six and two. Like there's literally no telling what right. this team is going to do over the course of these next, even just the next five. But I think you could like legitimately say that, that it's still there. Like everything they want, first round, home court could be there if they just decide that they want to engage over the course of the next eight games. Mm-hmm. Which, Which I would, is the most annoying part about this because they is, don't deserve that. No, they don't deserve it. And I, I, I think I just don't think they're going to get it. Like I think they'll, I think they'll maybe get to five. I think that's the ideal position. Is if somehow the Blaze, the Blazers have an easy schedule the rest of the way. So like maybe the Blazers can stay in the four spot. Actually, the Blazers are in the three spot today, and the because Houston lost last night, they're in the four spot. Which is interesting. I don't think that will maintain. I think that Portland will fall back. But if Portland can maintain four and the Thunder can jump up to five, I mean, that's obviously the ideal matchup. You know, I mean, Nurkic is such a huge part of what they do. The, the, the quality of screens alone that he sets for Dame to get him open uh, is, is massive. And so I, I don't know how they move forward. I wonder if they'll be a, like. And I was thinking about this last night. Number one is they're probably very thankful they signed Cantor, even though Cantor obviously isn't Nurkic. But the other part of that is I wonder if they would go after like Gortat still hasn't landed anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know if if he's just done for this. If he just wants to be done for the season, I don't know. That is kind of a weird one. You'd think there's a lot of teams that could use him. Yeah, well, and the hard part is is like adding a player yeah. off of the the scrap pile the last mm-hmm. eight, nine games of the season. Like, I, is it worth just kind of sticking with what you have, especially when a guy like Gortat, I mean, he's good. He's good. He's not awful, but but he's not obviously going to bring you, you know, is the plus worth, could, worth what could be the negative as part of that. So, yeah. I don't know. To me, I would just want to play Zach Collins. And right. I, 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 think I that, saw his dance moves, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good, one, good dancer. Two, good dancer. now I think... He's good. Like I've, I've, I liked him in the draft. He's just not filled out yet. I think that it's going to take him a little while. He's still real skinny uh, for a center, and I, I, I think that he's got some real potential. He can shoot at some. Uh, he's a good shot blocker. He's probably the best defender of any of the big men they have on their team. And so I, I, I think that you have to understand. Like, yeah, we're probably not even getting out of round one. But if we can get some good experience for Zach, then I think that that's probably their best case scenario is maybe win a couple games, which would be more than they did last year, and you know play the second year big and get him some good experience. I think that that 
that to me is maybe the best case scenario for them moving forward. Yeah. But if they if they play Cantor a ton and they, put, they play Collins off the bench like ten minutes a game or whatever, and they try to give Myers Leonard, like then I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, what's what's the point? Like Cantor is going to get just torched. Like as Thunder fans, we know yep, like, can't come, play Cantor. He can't play Cantor. Billy said it himself. Uh, so yeah, uh, we you look at. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, I was, I was just going to say if you. <laughs> If you look at this is what the only downfall of doing it on Skype, right? Like right. you just don't know. But if you look at so I was just thinking of other kind of Western Conference teams that are in this this kind of seeding oh, hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look at Utah, like Utah's schedule is pretty pretty easy too. They it's they have yeah. you know, they play the Lakers twice, home and away. They play Washington, Charlotte, Phoenix at Phoenix, home versus the Kings. But those last two games, and it kind of depends, like if Denver and Golden State are still fighting for the one seed, if, if that matters to either one of them at that point, they play home versus Denver on the last, the second to last game. And then they do a back-to-back as well, but they play at L.A. on the last night. So, like, you don't know. Like, God, the Thunder just have to take care of their business. If they would have done that they said, this entire season, as we've said multiple times, like, they wouldn't be in this position. They would be, I think they would easily be the three seed if they just stayed engaged in, in a majority of the season. Right. Um, you don't go so six and twelve the rest of, uh, right. you know, after the All Star break. Man, like, even if right. even if even if you're nine and nine, you're, go, yeah, you're there. Go, go five hundred, please. Like, can you just go five hundred? Like, I we're mean, not asking for some like astronomical switch on that. Like, you just could literally go fifty fifty, and still be in the three seat or around there, or at least have a chance to get it here in the next few the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah, it, it's. It's one of the worst runs a good Thunder team has ever gone on. You know, yeah. they're right now they they're actually sit at 29th in offensive efficiency since the uh, All Star break, thanks to they're the moving Knicks up, man. just being moving so up. terrible. Uh, and they're ninth in defensive efficiency, like, but they just can't make. They haven't been able to make shots. Yeah, that was kind of the glaring thing about that Grizzlies games. There were stretches where it was like the Grizzlies especially like even towards the end of the first half or first quarter, second quarter where it's like the Grizzlies couldn't make anything and all that the Thunder had to do was make shots and they would have been in a comfortable position going into halftime and they just could not do it. There's at one point that they tied it up and in my head, I just said, you know what? This isn't going to last. There's no way that this lasts. This isn't, you know, it kind of felt like maybe the Thunder could pull away and take this. I just had no, I can, in my head, I was just saying, there's just no way they're going to keep this lead or there's no way they're going to keep this up. Because it was just the way they got back into it is that they just made a bunch of shots consecutively and then they weren't trying on defense and the Grizzlies were just missing. It's like, all right, great. Like, this, there's just no way. And it didn't. Yeah. Because they got Bruno, man. If you got Bruno. Dude, Bruno kills. He's a thunder killer. Thunder killer. That's what we do, man. We take these guys that are on the peripheral that don't really belong in the NBA and then make them into all-stars. We're trying to get him a contract, man. No joke. Jeez. Yeah, they don't respect Bruno at all, <laughs> obviously. Obviously. They don't respect anybody on this Memphis team. If Mike Conley was playing and Avery Bradley was on the floor, then it would I would have said that the Thunder would probably win. Yeah. Oh, and Valanciunas outplayed Adams in, just like crazy. I mean, it just yeah. Well, I, I would say, I don't know, man. There was for the third, the whole third quarter, Steve just killed Valanciunas, killed him. Yeah, for like a he quarter, blocked, though. He blocked two of his shots. What was the end up line? He had fourteen rebounds and eighteen points. 
Valanciunas does a good job blocking out. Like that's one of the things I did notice about that game. He's that was, big. Yeah, Steve is one of seven. Woof. Yeah. He. Uh, see, he absolutely killed Steve. I don't know, man. It was. It was just a. There's nothing good or redeemable about that game. There's just nothing. And the comments from Billy afterwards are interesting because it's as like close as he would go to throwing somebody under the bus. Uh, and I don't. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how they react. Who was he throwing under the bus? I, 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 I mean, I think it was Russell and, and Paul. Basically, he's he said like you should be ready to play this team, and then he like talked about how he was to blame because he wasn't. He didn't get them prepared. Did you see all that? No, I'm looking at it right now. And then he, and then he talked to. Uh, at practice yesterday, some more about it. Um, and the, he just talked about how they weren't prepared. And they were in Toronto until Monday. Like, they they spent the weekend in Toronto. And huh. I assume that fun times were had in Toronto while they were there. I don't think that they were all engaged getting ready for the Grizzlies game up there so I think that is part of the story I don't I don't think that they they obviously just did just thought they could show up like I think they literally thought that they could hang out in Toronto for the weekend fly into Memphis Monday and just show up and win because I mean if you look at that Memphis team, and everybody knows this, I think eight of their top nine players did not play. I mean, right. it was that bad. And I think the Thunder just completely, like, and a lot of times we say, like, oh, they overlooked them, they didn't try, they, they thought they could just walk in and win. I think that's maybe the case maybe a few times a season. And this one is the most egregious. There's just no yeah, so one of One of the things Billy said that he nailed on the head, he said, if you're going to be a great team, the one thing that doesn't allow greatness is inconsistency. Yeah. So, yeah that's, that's a pretty damning statement for this Thunder team. Because mm-hmm. they haven't. They haven't been that. And, and I no. think you, you can place the blame on everybody. We've talked about that a lot. But I think the players have to take some ownership of that, especially against the, the Grizzlies, man. Just freaking play your game. Care. Care. Did you see Russell's Russell talk? He talked after the game too. Now, dude, here's, so let me tell you the truth about what I do. Okay. Is after games like that, as I turn it off, I get really angry and I go to bed. And then you just so avoid any Thunder content uh, moving for forward. Real. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't get on Twitter for the next, like the next 24 hours. I don't, I literally don't do anything. So what did he say? He, someone asked him, like how he handles a situation like this. And he says that he, he said, don't panic. He said his motto is don't panic. So actually Russell, your motto is not don't panic. Your, your motto is why not? And so he's just talking like he's just he's got saying, many, many mottos. He's just many. saying nothing. Uh, yeah, I mean, what did anything? Did anybody say anything that just took ownership of it, or was everybody just like, "Yeah, we're fine"? Yeah, yeah. He he did say it was on him. He said, "This night is on me." He said, "Sometimes you just don't you don't you don't have it, and you don't come out and 
play with the right effort. I don't know if he said that phrase, but something to that effect and said that that's on me. He said, well, that's good. Tonight's on me. So He didn't just next question everybody. He didn't, which was, which was very refreshing to hear words other than next and question. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's the ownership you need to take. And, and somebody, I think there's a Twitter question about this, and so I'm going to steal somebody's thunder, thunder, but you can quote them later. But one of the things they said, and I, and I kind of, I don't know, man, this is the hope at least. He said, if you look at one of these close losses, like the game home, you know, where it's like they lose in overtime, they work their butts off to get into it. You know, the Pacers game where there's a built, all of these games that there's these kind of built in excuses or it was close loss, like, those things you can at least kind of say, hey, you know what? Like, we were in it. We could have done this or this better, but we were in it. Mm-hmm. For this, maybe this is the game that makes them say, hey, we can't do this anymore. You would hope. Right? Maybe like losing I- a game by double digits to the lowly Grizzlies is the game that says, hey, we need to engage. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think that's at least something to, to think about or, or something that I can kind of see. Like, maybe this is the game that finally tells them, hey, pull your heads out of it. Yeah. I mean, if it's not, I just prepare yourself for extreme disappointment. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, if this is not, if that is not, a, if they did not receive a wake-up call from losing to... Probably guys that are ranked in the 300s as far as like best players in the NBA. Like these are the guys that should be sitting at the end of everybody's bench. But for some reason, they all ended up on the Grizzlies and they all ended up playing on Monday night. If you can't beat those guys when you have a top five player in the NBA in Paul George, a top 10-ish player in Russell Westbrook, a top 30-ish player in Steven Adams... If you can't beat those guys with just those three being present, then you need a wake-up call big time. Like, you are not that good. You are not good enough to go out and just beat guys because of what the name on the back of your jersey. Like, you have to show up and play. Yeah, that question was from John Holt, by the way. Johnny Oho, 34. Okay. But you're right, man. You're absolutely right. Like, there's no excuses. None anymore. They need they need to they need to beat Indiana tonight at home. Yes, handily would be great. Yes, just a win. They need they just need to beat them. Show, right. show any, me the any effort. win ideal. Any show, win ideal. Just show me the effort and show me that you care and show me that you're that there's a good team in there and maybe Bogdanovich hits a ton of shots that you can't control that and there's stuff out of your control that the the Pacers just play really well. But if you still win, great. Great. Just show, just show me that you can play well. Just show me that you can play well. Okay, let's let's try to fire through as many of these questions as we can. Let's do it. Uh, at Lester Freeman asks, over under two and a half playoff wins. Oh, I don't make predictions, man, because I have such a power over this team's performance. <laughs> uh, I still say over. I think they win the first round. I think over. And it, and honestly, it depends on the matchup. So it's too. It's probably. I mean, in most scenarios, I think over. There's obvious. The only, ob- only team I take under is against the Warriors. Yeah. Or the Nuggets. I mean, that's a possibility. Uh, who knows? We'll see. We see on Friday what they can do against that team. Yeah. Hopefully, they can take it to them. 
Uh, well, it does feel like every game they played the Nuggets this year has been close. Oh, they've been close. Yeah. yeah. So they, I mean, they they can play with the Nuggets, you know. But yeah. who knows? Oh, they can. Yes. I mean, there's. I think most people will pick the Nuggets to win that series, but sure. I think that and they should. There will be there will be people that pick the Thunder, yeah. and they may be I, right. I think Royce even mentioned that a little bit, like. It depends how they show up over the next eight games. Like, that's really going to tell me something. Right. Um, if it's a continuation of what we've seen over the last, you know, 16 or whatever, then I think, eh, well, they may be gone in the first round against whoever yeah. they play. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard to make this prediction today. Like, we just don't know how things are going to play out. And that's what, that's what kind of drives me crazy about Thunder Twitter right now is, like, everybody wants to jump to the playoffs and jump to this and have all these conclusions and just – just we could just let it play out. Like I know that you want to be the first person that said it. That's cool. That's great, man. But like, can you not do that? Like, can you just wait and let things play out a little bit first? Like, I know you're frustrated, well, but you don't yeah. have to go ahead and jump to that. Like, you can just talk about how terrible they played and how they didn't show up, and they, you know, they they lack like fundamentally a, a portion of character within that. Like, that's I right. think all those things are true. Um, but then, like, say, like, yeah, and there's no way they're going to go. And everybody's like, yeah, they deserve Golden State. It's like, okay, like, they are they haven't played, and now they're not going to play Golden State. Like, okay, like, just everybody just just chill out with those takes. Like, I just think that those are just a little bit, they're not even hot takes. Like, they're just kind of, it's just kind of dumb. Like, just let it play out because there's still a game separating eight and five. Like, this is going to change. The Thunder, if they go and they, you know, they win, you know, they're going to be back up into a spot and everybody's going to be all happy again. And then if they lose again, they're going to be back down to, you know, seven or eight again. And like, we just, I honestly, yeah, I have to it, stay off yeah, Twitter were, because like everybody rides this roller coaster a little bit too hard. Like it's just, it's just a little, like you have to have a little bit of perspective. Weren't they the five seed after the Raptors win? Yeah. Yeah. They were and five. Then they, and then it's they, it's going to be like this all the way to the end of the season. Yes. Unless somebody goes on crazy. Yes. Run, but it's going to so, be like, this, jump all over the place get off the roller coaster and just let it play out right. because yep. you're gonna just say stuff that's gonna look dumb one way or another so just like just let let it play out this is it's too tight of a race to to make conclusions everybody wants to just draw conclusions and be the guy that said it first but like let's just let's just cut that out it's just not cool uh okay but elephant king is Donovan secretly positioning for a 1-8 matchup so that we can upset Golden State and cause an early implosion of the Warriors dynasty? See, I like that take. Yeah, that's my kind of take. Uh, no, I mean, obviously, I don't think they're... Pos- <laughs> Jason, right. the question. <laughs> I don't think they're positioning, but I love the question. Uh, yeah, yeah the no. No, no, no. Uh, ben Elfin King, again, should Westbrook's motto be, it's okay to panic occasionally? Yes. Yes. Uh, or just, like, adjust. Like, Westbrook... And Westbrook ha- does adjust, and he has adjusted through the year, so I don't want to make... Sound like he hasn't, but he will not say that he does. If somebody asks him, like, do you change or adjust something due to whatever? And he's like, you watched me for the last 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, get that crap out of have here. Have you... Have I ever changed since then? Yes. Uh, I don't know what to say. Well, say- well, here's what's funny about it. It's like you watch the Warrior, you watch the Raptors game at home last Wednesday. Yeah. And then you watch the game on Friday and you're like, hey, guess what you did? Changed. 
Yes. Changed the way you played. Yeah, you absolutely changed. But and like, then we and, watch and, you play. And here's one thing that, that, here's one thing that people don't understand about that situation where you think like the thing to do would to be like, yes, you have changed. Let me tell you the ways that you've changed. And if you do that to Russell, you know what's going to happen? He's not going to answer any of your questions for the rest of the year. Or ever again. Yeah. So like that's what people don't understand about Russell and some of these guys on this team is that you're like, you need to be harder on him. You need to do this. You know what? If you do that, he won't talk to you. He just won't even talk to you. And so that that's where you have to have some kind of tact and you have to understand who you're, who you're talking to because Russell just, he, he won't allow, you know, staunch criticism in the locker room of him. And that's, that's a Russell problem. That's not a media problem. That's a Russell problem. That's a thunder problem. Um, yeah. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Cause he just won't, he won't accept stuff like that. And so you, you can't, I'm just saying, don't blame the guys that are in there every night, Royce and Brett and Eric and, and Maddie and all them, like don't blame them for not having hard enough questions for Russell because yeah, they have the to main, they have it. to maintain a relationship with him to a degree. Like that's a part of their job. Not not only like reporting, but like maintaining like a cordial relationship as a part of their job. And so like please like do do not blame them. Like I've I've been in there I'm not in there every night like they are, but I'm around enough to see it and to understand it a little bit better. But anyways. Jay the Thunder are in a slump, but you know who hasn't been in a slump for thirty one years? Gosh, uh, me, Price Edwards and Company. Oh, that's wrong. It's Oklahoma's largest full-service commercial real estate firm, and they have been in Oklahoma for 31 years. That's a long time. That is a long time. And it's a name you can trust. With offices in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, they'll take care of all your commercial property and management needs. Their expert staff of brokers and associates specialize in retail, land, office, industrial and apartment leasing and sales, and all are available to help you today. Go to PriceEdwards.com for more information. Uh, the people at Price, Edwards & Company are big-time Thunder fans, and they're really great people to work with, easy to work with. They will take care of you, and they will understand your sorrow right now as a Thunder fan. So please go visit PriceEdwards.com and support okay. the people that support Down to Dunk. Uh, Thundermob405 wants to know, should he double his anti-depressing depression meds or triple? Um, <coughs> I think, obviously, this is not like a serious question, but I think it is like <laughs> one of those things like, like we, we just have to find the ability to, to kind of just breathe through this run. Yeah. And I think it's that reminder. I had this thing where I was like, why am I losing my mind over a bunch of millionaires throwing a ball into a hoop? <laughs> I was like, I, I'm literally going to like die watching a Thunder game from a you know blood pressure spike or something. And I'm like, I need to just breathe. Like yeah. Life is way bigger than this, which is oh, funny because so this is what we do. But, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, all right, I need to calm down. Uh yeah. And but it does, man. And that's why like I'm not kidding. I get done with these losses, especially in this recent run where I'm just like I I haven't been on our Twitter until you told me to get on there last night mm-hmm. to like look at look at the mentions, you know, or to look at the Twitter questions. And so mm-hmm. it's hard, man. This is a hard this is a hard stretch. It's not enjoyable at all. It is. 
Find find some self care. Go uh yeah. go, go be go outside. Oh my gosh, just be outside. Just yeah, or hit the gym up. You know. Yeah. Find some self care. Take some laps in the swimming pool. This is not advice just for Thunder Mob. It's advice for everybody that watches the Thunder. Because if you you don't have some self-care and you watch the Thunder team on a nightly basis, uh, you're going to find yourself uh, in trouble. Okay, let's see. At Tim Kurtz, is it just me or have there been way more gruesome leg injuries in the past five years than ever before in the NBA? Uh, It feels like it. Does feel like it, I, and I always wonder, like, if stuff's just new to us because it's we can see it in instant reaction, right? Like, yeah, I don't know because, like, you and I, like, we've watched, like, we watched through the '90s, the early aughts. I don't remember. I mean, maybe there were leg injuries like that. But I don't remember them. The first one I remember that was this devastating was Sean Livingston, which wasn't really a. That's not like a compound fracture. It was like a total knee destruction. Yes. But man, I felt like it was the only one for a decade that was that severe. Yeah, and then Paul, and then Gordon, Gordon Hayward, and then Nurkic. I think, may, and there may have been random guys this happened to that it didn't have the same impact. But well, and have, that kid from Louisville that in the NCAA oh, tournament, that yeah, one yeah. too. Like yeah, those are a combination. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. I don't know what it does the feel like. It's more frequent. Though. It does, and it's definitely. You know, Paul George, Hayward, and Nurkic, like those are extremely impactful players to the NBA. Uh, it definitely stands out, but I don't know. It's a good question. I don't, I don't have enough information to know, but in my brain, it's intriguing it, for sure. It does feel like there's been a lot more. Okay. This is from at Paul R. Valentine. What is your favorite petty basketball move? My vote. Is for when after there's been a stoppage, a, and a player from the opposing team throws up a meaningless shot, a player jumps up to swat it away from the basket. I thought that was a fantastic question. Yes, that's a great answer too. I yeah, like do you that. have anything else you like? Uh, I always like the the pettiness of like not handing the ball when a guy exactly won't hand the ball say. to an opposing player when it's their ball. They go and hand it to the official. Whenever like the players like right in front of them, and they just should probably throw it to that guy just because just for the ease of the possession. But yeah, or they, if they if they get called for a foul and they have the ball and they walk away and yeah. then just hold on, hold on to the ball until they're about fifteen yards away and then drop it. <laughs> right, that's another one of my favorite petty moves. Uh, Schroeder had one the other night. He got a tech for it. He's laying on the ground and so, yeah, he threw it at a who was it? Oh gosh, what's it? Marcus All or Surge or I think it was maybe Marcus. No, no, no. I think it was Surge. Yeah, and he just just chunked the ball at his chest and Sir and Surge just wouldn't even catch it. It was hilarious. That's probably why he got the tech. If Surge would have just caught it, well, and then Shooter got up and like grabbed the ball and like tried to put it in his hand. Yes, he was, he was like, like, oh, okay, oh. Here, here you go, here you go. Shooter does that actually quite a lot, where he'll do something in the moment that is just really stupid, and then he tries to like undo it. Oh, like, real no, quick. I meant to do it like this. No, this is how I meant. Yeah, like I was just trying to give him the ball. No, everything's fine. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, I will say that's one of the like if you want to look for a bright spot, dude. Shooter's been great the last couple of games. He's been so great. he. I mean, him being better would be an incredible uh, shift for this team. Yeah. 
Yeah, it only, it's only you need those other two guys to be better. <laughs> you primarily, need, you need those other two <laughs> to be a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, at Bangalope, your favorite city outside of Tulsa and OKC to visit in Oklahoma. Do you have an answer for this? I mean, I think there's actually quite a few. Because we're not cities. talking like suburbs. No, 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 not like Edmond yeah. or Yukon. <laughs> no, I mean. I think Stillwater is like the easy one for me just because sure. I, li- I lived there for, for years and um, it's a fun, it's a fun town. Like I really, really do love Stillwater. Um, but there's actually like quite a few little cities here, little towns in OKC or in Oklahoma that I enjoy visiting. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so we have friends that live down in Apache, Oklahoma, which is down ooh, kind of in the Wichita mountains. Yeah. And Apache's fine. Like they do a rattlesnake festival, which is kind of fun, but uh, there we and I've never been there until a couple of years ago. But Medicine Park, which is down there, mm-hmm. just outside of the Wichita's, is a really, really fun uh, town. Beautiful, like beautiful. They have kind of a river that runs in the middle of the town, and anyway, kind of an older style looking town. But it's really, really cool. I like going there. Uh, I'm trying to think of other places. I mean, Ardmore, I guess. I'm trying to. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm realizing as I ask this question, or as she asked this question, like I don't travel enough in Oklahoma. You know, it's not that bad. That, like Shawnee is is pretty is actually pretty great. Shawnee's growing too. I've got friends yeah. that commute from Shawnee to Oklahoma City for work. Isn't that wild? That is kind of wild. It's it's really not that far though. I know, but, but we're is. just so used to in Oklahoma where it's like anything further than like a ten minute commute. We're like, nope, right? Ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> no. Yeah, but yeah, there's. I mean, that was those would probably be like Stillwater's probably is easily number one for me though. Here's a couple areas I want to go to in Oklahoma. So tell me if you've been to any of these. Have you been to Bartlesville? Um, I haven't spent any time in Bartlesville, no. See, I've never been to Bartlesville, man. I've heard it's fun. I've heard it's beautiful and there's some cool stuff. So Bartlesville's on my list. Pahuska, where the Pioneer Woman is. That's another place okay. I want to go. Mm-hmm. I've got some thing that she does there. And then <laughs> I, I've been to southeast Oklahoma. I've been to Durant. Durant. Yeah. But I haven't been to like Broken Bow or Tallahena or any of those places. I've down heard there. those That's are just ridiculous. I haven't been down there either, but I've heard it's, it's like the most beautiful part of the state. Actually, I've been to Broken Bow, but just for like 10 minutes, we bought our dog down there. Um, it's funny. My that wife, is a journey for a dog. Oh, oh boy. Well, it's funny because my wife goes, yeah, this is places in Broken Arrow. I was like, great. You know, hour 45 minutes. We'll be there. And then I looked at it. and I was like. And we had already agreed to buy the dog. I was like, babe, this says broken arrow or broken bow. She was like, oh, no. I just read broken and just assumed it was broken arrow. It's like, no, this is like five hours away. <laughs> yeah, those are two pretty different uh, different places. Like broken arrow, hour and a half drive. Broken. Yeah, no, that's easy. Broken, broken bow, you might as well have gone to like St. Louis. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> Not quite, but yeah. It's really <laughs> the difference isn't that much. But we have friends that'll go down there and rent cabins and, and yeah, it, yeah. They, they swear by it. They say it's one of the best, you know, little vacations you can do. I have friends that also do like a, they go to all state parks on like spring break or fall break. They'll take their family and they'll go to a state park, which is, uh, that'd be fun. It's something like, it's all where I always feel like I'm a bad parent. I'm like, gosh, I should probably be more creative <laughs> with some of the stuff I do, but <laughs> oh, I hear you you. the salt, the salt, uh, what are they called? Like the oh, yeah. salt, salt the mine. Salt Salt plains up there. Yeah. I, haven't been to the, I haven't been to those. Like, what I've, am I doing with my life? I've been there. Actually, Luke and I went on this field trip in college where we, this is probably 
not a pod moment, but I'm going to go <laughs> just talk. Uh, so in college, we were both in this class. I can't even remember what the name of the class was, but it was me and Luke and my friend Robbie. Um, and there were a few others that were on this field trip and we just got on a charter bus and we went to like salt plains, we went to the caves, we went out to, there's like a desert in Oklahoma. Um, we, we went to the mountains, like we went and saw everything in Oklahoma in a day where we just drove around. We'd spend like half an hour somewhere that we hop back on and then we'd go and it was pretty awesome. So uh, Jay's off the pod for just a second. I wish no, I'm you... back. I'm oh, back. you're my back. Son. Oh, there you my are. Son, I'm, we're to the point now where my son doesn't need me anymore. And so okay. it's kind of a devastating <laughs> reality. In my life. I'm like, hey, I'll go walk him out. And he's like, see ya, I gotta go. Yep. Okay. Oh, okay, my son. Enjoy. enjoy. <laughs> I'm singing Cats in the Cradle and Silver Spoon to myself. At <laughs> <laughs> um, R. Warren Beck, would you describe the post-All-Star game Thunder as an extended slump? Or in need of significant changes? I'm still in the extended slump camp. I'm not ready to the need of significant changes. I'm not ready to get there. Yeah, I mean, if there was a... I mean, the only thing is that they added Markeith. And Markeith shouldn't be hurting the team like this. I don't think... There's nothing he does that makes me feel like it's problematic. No, 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 no. So, yeah, I'm I'm in the extended slump camp as well. So so since you mentioned Markeith, like, one of the things that has... change especially against toronto is they started using markeith a lot more in that backup center position like what is that i mean how have you felt like that has been i think it it was necessary for the raptors game because the raptors don't play a traditional two center lineup yeah. uh did it against the grizzlies as well but they, i don't even know like the i just grizzlies think that it's off the street I, to play center on that second team so right i think they're just trying to get a look honestly i don't know that right. it means anything for Nerlens. i just think they're trying to get a look to see like how, how does he handle this load? Because like Billy talked about this, I think it was last week about Markeith playing multiple positions that he came in and just played the four for a while. He said like I feel like he's been with us long enough to where we can have him play two different positions because like the the, de- the defensive jobs are different uh, between those two positions, and I I think that they're just trying to get him comfortable because they inevitably are going to want to use him at center in the playoffs. And so I think this is just Billy trying stuff, you know, honestly. I, I think it's hard because, I mean, obviously, Nance has been, I think he's been 90% of the time he plays, he's been a plus for this team. Sure. Um, and he's a great shot blocker. And, and there's a lot of times where you feel like when he's not on the floor there, that you just miss some of those elements. But you, I think you do have a problem when you play a team that only runs one big. If you run Nerlens and Mark out there at the same time like i mean you're at a quick disadvantage mm-hmm. i also think um, like if you know draymond when they go small and with draymond at center i think that you'd like to have you know markeith out there to play against him a smaller yeah. guy that's more agile that can stretch him out a little bit because if you just leave steven in there and you just leave him and the you leave draymond in the paint like he can cause a lot more problems for you but if you put keith out there and jeremy out there and you have Ferguson and Paul and Russell. Wow, that's like you can you know have Jeremy set a screen for Russell, and then like you can you can go and like you don't have to worry about somebody just camping out in the paint because you you kind of have to guard Terrence and you have to guard you know Markeith out there. So I think that those are the kind of things that they're trying to prepare for. 
when it comes to playing Markeith Moore as the backup center is that, you know, New Orleans is great, but he's he's still going to keep somebody in, in the lane, you know, and so. Yeah, even if he shoots that little jump shot, like they're not coming out. They don't respect it enough to move that far. Oh, no. So here's my question. Like, are, are, we, are we getting any closer just listening to you and McKellay on Monday talking about Nader's um, defensive numbers and his the way he's it seems to be at least you know analytically it seems like he is problematic for this team. Like, are we getting anywhere closer? He played twelve minutes against the Grizzlies. Like, are we getting any closer to him being kind of the odd man out whenever we start looking at rotations? Like, there's been times where he has been a plus. Like, I, I'll just affirm that. Like, that's not sure. He's played well in spots, yeah. He played nine minutes against the Raptors in the second game. He played 12 against the Grizzlies. Like, I don't know. For me, I'm like, I'd rather see Burton do that, or I'd rather see you just get even tighter with your rotations. Yeah. He, he'll he probably be squeezed. Uh-oh. I think he disappeared. But I think what he was going to say is he's going to be one of the guys that gets squeezed out during the playoff run. And I will say. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, I know. See, I knew it. I just know you. <laughs> That's exactly I what think, I said. I was, I I was talking to a muted microphone. The hope for me, man, and this is me being stupid, and I shouldn't even bring this up, man, but I, gosh, man, how great would it be if, if Drake came back in the next few games, you know? And I don't even know. I, this <laughs> is not even great. based on anything but hope, right? Like, I don't have any real information on where he is in his rehab, but it's been weird to me that they haven't just ruled him out for the season. Like, they yeah. just kind of keep holding on to this thing, which is probably just because the Thunder don't, the Thunder you know, as an organization, don't care what we, you know, like our feelings in the middle of all of this. But it's like, come on, man. Because if you just replace Nader's minutes with Dre. Oh, oh it's, it's it's night and Dre. Um, hey. So uh, sorry. Sorry, everybody. Um, so Royce on a podcast yesterday on ESPN, whatever their show is called, Hoop Collective. I like so, the Hoop. Yeah. It's good. Uh, Royce said that he won't play in the regular season. And I don't know if that's Royce just saying that that's what he thinks or if he heard from the organization. So I don't know. So, but that's at least something to to take take away. And then, like, he could play, like, say the Thunder make the second round, like he could be a guy that comes in and plays then. So that's, <laughs> that's what Royce said. And so, that weirds me out. Like, truthfully, it, it, I don't know, man. I feel like I would like to see, like, adding a guy kind of on the fly. Would you rather add Dre on the fly or play Nader seven minutes in a game? Dre on the fly. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, Okay. Next question. Uh, At Haikoi3120, are we just not as good as we think we are? Okay, this is the same question. We, we think we're in a slump. Hi, Koi. Um, let's see. Is Portland now the best matchup for OKC or OKC not respecting them enough make them the worst matchup? That's a great question from at Brad Zillio. Uh, I mean, I think I think that in the playoff series against the Trailblazers, like Russ engages immediately because of Damian Lillard. Like, I think that there would be a level of engagement that that would be. I mean, they've swept them, but they swept them because the thunder tried really hard every single time they played them. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously I think with the loss of Nurkic for the blazers, like I think that is the best matchup in the first round for the thunder. If they can get back there mm-hmm. um, from at the underscore Sternlicht, if you were the Pelicans, who would you rather receive as a primary piece in a package for AD 
Jason Tatum or John Morant? Oh gosh. I, I I struggle in this because I am so much more of a guy that's done it. Yeah. Person. Uh, but that kid is really good. He's the kid that plays for Murray State and he's just like Cameron Payne, basically. <laughs> just kidding. He's like twenty five <laughs> times better than Cameron Payne. Um so Cameron Payne, if Cameron Payne were like really athletic and had better court vision and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, I was consistently shooting. Um I don't know. What do you I mean? I would still question. take I would still take Tatum. Like I don't I don't know. I Morant can't really shoot it. From what I understand, I haven't watched enough of him. Yeah, he was five of five in round in round one, and he ended up playing pretty well even in, in the second round. But his, you know, I mean, his team just got outplayed by Florida State. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't, I don't watch college basketball very much. Yeah, so I'm just watching some of the highlights. He looks incredible, but I, mean, I don't know what that means. I would take Tatum. I know he's had a down year, and he hasn't been as good as what people thought he would yeah, but be. That whole Celtics team has taken a down year, right? And you don't know, like, there, there's just not enough shots for everybody. I blame so, Brad Stevens. This is Brad's fault. He's the worst coach ever. I should fire him. Hire Billy Donovan. Um, we'll swap. <laughs> can we swap coaches? We'll do a trade. Uh, I, ju- I just think that you take, I think you take Tatum, but I, could, I might change my mind on that. McKellie and I, I are going to s- look into the draft after the season's over. We're going to do another deep dive into the draft and watch yeah. all these guys and whatnot. But, like... Right now, I don't have enough information to give you a hundred percent answer on that. I think the Zion one is the one that <coughs> I think that's the only one I'd probably think. You know, I think I would take Zion over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but beyond that, it'd be really difficult. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Are we <laughs> are we having fun anymore? As Thunder fans ask at derp derp dip. <laughs> I am currently not having fun. Yeah, no, this is not fun. Um, let's see. We're only going to go after questions that make sense. Uh, <laughs> due to the inevitability of Golden State winning another title, barring any injuries, what f- oh, free agent shooting do you guys see as a potential target for OKC next season? Um, Sam, this is at Elroy Eleven Rhett. Uh, we will go over that. I promise. Just not today. Um, at Momo Malady asks about Nurkic's injury. I feel like we talked about that already. Um, do you think he'll have a sim- similar recovery path to PG? It's hard to know because he's so much bigger. Yeah, um, I would just say that he's not going to play it next season. He probably won't. But like, also medical science since the Paul George injury has advanced like quite a bit. Like, I didn't think Boogie would be playing the amount that he is this season. You know, I know this is different. Sure. This is a different injury. Uh, I get that, but still, I'm just. I would yes, I would predict he won't play next season, but hopefully, he has a quicker recovery than Paul did, uh, because they they seem to just be figuring things out. Quickly, except for when somebody named Andre Robertson gets hurt. Um, yeah, it's just because of all of the stitches that we have issues with. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Um, let's see. At pin underscore Burke 10 wants to know if Nader is the new singler. Um, he's still better. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's still better than singler. I guess for, uh, we, we forget how bad... 
Kyle Singler was. He was unplayable. <laughs> and I think that Nader's like borderline unplayable. And I, those numbers are, are obviously very, 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 very bad. Um, but he can at least shoot the basketball. I'll say that. Where Kyle just could not in the NBA ever shoot the basketball. I don't to play basketball. It's the yeah. weirdest thing ever. He forgot. He, did, he just forgot. He was floating too much to remember. Um, <laughs> let's see. At run fast, turn left. Is it okay for me to emotionally check out with this team and check back in when the playoffs arrive? Uh, I think it. I think it is. I just need to, you need to weigh your investment when you're checking back in. Just like check yourself before you get, get wreck back yourself. In, before you wreck yourself, please. Don't jump. Don't jump all the way back in. If you're, and maybe, maybe just see how the rest of the season goes. That's what I, I would just. Everybody just sit back and let their everything else play out, and then we'll, you'll have a few days to talk about what's going to happen in the playoffs. And that's that's what I would do. I'd wait. I'd wait to talk about the playoffs. We can talk about positioning and seating. Sure. Well, let's wait to make playoff predictions until we know who we're playing. Um, let's see. Lots of slump questions. Yeah, um, I mean, because obviously we <laughs> are very much in a slump. <laughs> uh, Brandon like, Lloyd. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Brandon Lloyd wants to know if Adams is a trade piece now. Um, yeah, we're so, trying to save a lot of this postseason talk for, you know, the postseason. Yeah, Brody Vibe wants to know the same thing. I mean, I'll say I this. think so. Yeah, I, I I think that the only untouchables this summer are Russell Westbrook and Paul George. I think that'll be the case whether they go to the Western Conference Finals or lose in round one. I think that will be the case. And it's not going to be that they're going to try to trade Steven this summer. I don't think they're going to try to trade Steven. I think they're going to try to upgrade their roster, and they may not be able to. Um, but I would just say that he's not off the table. That's... I think that's probably obvious to everybody. Uh, at Clutch Westbrook, do you think Markeith Morris regrets signing with the Thunder? No. I mean, if the season ended today, sure. Like, yeah, like this has been bad. But again, this is a let things play out first, and maybe he would. Maybe at the end of the day, he does, but. Because it's it obviously has not looked good since he's been here. Like I, I I get the question, I understand it. He may be questioning it a little bit in his head right now, but like let's let things play out first, and then yeah, we can I, talk I, about I don't know. He I, he's, he's you're right in that, but he's got the role he was looking for. Like he's playing plenty for a team that that is still in the playoff hunt. Like that's the things he was looking for. Like would it have been better for him to go to Houston? Sure, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um. He probably would have ruined Houston like he did the Thunder. But he also, yeah, right. He also, supposedly one of the reasons he chose the Thunder was because of the the, the team, you know, the people and the, and the mm-hmm. way they interact and play. And I don't think that's changed. It seems like he's having a good time playing with them. So there's nothing out of his body language that we could see that would make me think he's not. Yeah. He would regret this decision. And on a Ringer podcast yesterday, they were talking about the Thunder and how they're they're not enjoying playing with each other and yada yada. I mean, I don't know how anybody could have played in that Memphis game on the Thunder side and enjoyed it. So like I don't want people I just hate that people are gonna like a ton of people are gonna listen to that and think like, oh the Thunder don't like each other. 
It's right. just not the case. It is just so far from being the truth. Like this, they very much enjoy each other personally on and off the court. They really like each other. And I mean, even when I'm with my friends and things aren't going well, are we smiling and having a great time? No. Like <laughs> they knew they were playing bad. They knew that they had to press to, to try to even beat that Memphis team. And they didn't do it. And, of course, they're not going to be like high five and having a great time. Like, I just think I just had to throw that in there because I just know that a lot of people are going to listen to that and take and take that and run with it and say, you know what? You know, I heard from in Memphis that Thunder just don't like playing with each other. OK, like, please stop. Um, let's see. Want to comment? This is from at Naeem Popatia. I don't know. Sorry. Um, Want to comment on how much losing... Abrinas plus Robertson prolonged absence hurt this team. I think it's I, here. So it's somewhere between like low hanging fruit and valid. Um, like I think it matters, but it's like you can't throw this whole slump on that. Right. Like yeah. I think they obviously had the expectation that these guys would be important parts of this team, but it should not have made this substantial of a difference. Sure. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about that, that this so is it's not, not, it's not, it's not nothing. It's not an excuse not for this point in the season, but I mean, I would, if they had both those guys all season, they'd probably win 55 games. Yeah. I mean, that may be, I mean, I guess that's one of those things where maybe I'll see how they finish this year and then, or, you know, like they get to 47. I don't know if I would say that they would have had eight games, but maybe I think they'll win more than 47, but I mean, I think if they had both those guys coming off the bench for them, they don't go, they don't do six and 12. True. You know, I don't think they do 12 and six, but maybe they are 500 and maybe they are couple games above 500 after the all-star you forget, break like you, you look back and i can't remember what game it was but there's a game earlier in the season that abrinas was one of the best players on the floor and he's yeah. he's shooting i don't know his shooting his you know instead of sub i mean he's the one that doesn't you don't play nader you're not you're not experimenting with burton like there's a lot of ways that abrinas on the floor um was substantial for this team and then talking about dre like of course having dre defensively because Dre, one of the things he didn't do is he did not take nights off. No, and and also in the moments where Ferguson's in foul trouble, you don't have to you don't have to put Schroeder out there to guard a bigger guy I, that he can't guard. Yeah. You know, you don't have to try to have Nader defend Donovan Mitchell. You know, even though yeah, that actually true. worked out okay, but like you have, he did, he did decently actually, but yeah. So I just. Those guys are very valuable. I mean, Dre last season was one of the best four or five guys on the team. Yeah, he's. I mean, we up until his injury, he was. We thought the defensive player of the year. Right. Like he was playing at that that level. It's a big deal. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a big deal. deal for sure. Maybe fifty five strong, but I still i I feel strongly about him mattering to to this team winning. I really do. Absolutely. Um. All right. I think that's all I've got. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, it, I think you mentioned it, and you're right. Like, it, the, Hopefully the Thunder, the Thunder have five games here in a row at home. Um, 
and that hasn't meant anything over the last two weeks. I get that. Like, um, but they need to get some momentum going. They play the Pacers tonight. They play the Nuggets on Friday night. Like, they need to win these games. Like, they need to win these games. Yes. Uh, just basically to calm us down, uh, to make Twitter more enjoyable again for me. And uh, but it's just as one of those things that if they want it, they got to take it. It's not going to be given to them. Of course, yes. That this is, and I. It's it's a frustrating stretch. It's a stupid, stupid stretch that the Thunder have had, and it's all on them. It's on Billy. It's on Russell. It's on Paul. It's on Stephen to bring it every night. Or else they are going to find themselves in a seed, and they are going to find themselves in a, in a bad spot. So it'll be up to them the rest of the season. And I, I hate that everybody's so. I mean, a lot of Thunder fans are just so dependent on this team being good, and it's yeah, just it's our joy, man. This is and it's just ex, it's just expectations. Like you look at the Clippers right now, and like they they covered the Timberwolves opposing locker room in Champagne last night because they made the playoffs. You know. Like their expectations were like nothing. Like they, they traded Tobias Harris at the trade deadline and got nothing back. You know, and the expectation, like the expectations for them, were just rock bottom. Like they were supposed to win thirty three games according to Vegas, and now they're in the sixth seed ahead of OKC. I mean, like that's it's it's all about expectations. This Thunder team, there are a ton of expectations. And when they played well up through January, you thought like, okay, like could they get the two seed? Like that was more of the conversation than, oh my goodness, are they going to be the eighth seed? And so like it is like the expectation of these guys versus what's happening in reality. And yeah, that's very frustrating. I think that's where you get frustrated. But let it play out. Take a deep breath. Go outside today. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday. We'll talk again on Friday morning.